0: This morning, we're going to be in uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. In the New Testament, James 5, 7 through 11. I know, uh, sermon series, I think that's been being preached and been, you know, learning about Job and, and things like that. And this, this sermon uh, scripture actually ties into Job just, just a little bit. But I call this sermon, there is this day and there is that day. How do we live in the in-between? How do we live in the in-between? Are we just going to endure? Do we just survive? Or will we thrive in the in-between? And we're going to talk about that this morning because James is going to talk about that in-between as we look at these scriptures. So, uh, you know, while you're turning there, I would ask the question, is there anybody here that's ever been a situation, circumstance, a period of, of life or a season of life where you just could not wait for it to be over with. I mean, everybody should be raised right because probably if you're if you're not, uh, you probably are. I don't think I talk to anybody and, and do any counseling where there's not a date that somebody doesn't have circled on their calendar that I'll be glad when I get to this day, right? So how many of you still have a paper calendar, use a paper calendar? Okay, wow, more than, more than I expected because, you know, we, we all got these great little devices, all this stuff, so I still have a paper calendar that I like to lay out and, and I like to see the, the days and I make my notes and, and all, all these things, and, but has anybody ever taken like a red pen and circled a date on the calendar? You know, has anybody X the days out? I, I don't do that. My, my grandfather used to X the days out and then he'd have the big day circled on the end, right? So, um, well, when I, when I was growing up, of course, we didn't have these electronic gadgets. I'm not that old, but, but we didn't have these things. And so when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but we kept a, a calendar on the wall. Anybody remember a paper calendar? And, and I don't know about where, where you put it, but I can tell you in my house, it was on the wall beside the telephone. Does anybody remember those days, right? It was on the, and it was in the kitchen because for some reason, all the telephones were always on the wall in the kitchen. And if you were lucky, you had the extended cord that you could sit down at the kitchen table, you know, while you talk. And so you would have it for some reason, I guess it would be up there so you could flip through. And I could remember those days and you would see the, the, the calendar circle because that was a day that meant something to you. And so when I was writing and preparing this sermon, I started thinking about those days that we would circle on the calendar. And I wrote a few of those down. I wanted to see if anybody could remember or if this resonates with anybody. So what about... Anybody ever circle Christmas Day? I mean, how often, you know, everybody get excited. At least when you were a kid, you couldn't wait for Christmas Day to be here. What about the day school got out? Anybody remember summer break? Did did you have to be told what day that was to go to school that day? That was one of the big days. What about graduating high school? Did you have to be told the day of graduation? Well, maybe some of us did. But you were so excited, right, to get that diploma and all this freedom you're about to get to only figure out that it comes with responsibility, now you've got to become an adult and really go to work, right? So, But that was a big day. Hey, you know, I'm about to be educated here. I've got, I'm going to have a diploma here in a minute. What about graduating college? I bet that was a big day people circled, right? When you're going to get done with that degree. Finally get out of school. I can remember saying, I cannot wait to get done with college. I just, I just want to go to work. You know, I'm tired of school, to which my dad would say, son, you're going to work the rest of your life. Enjoy now while you can. And you know what? He was absolutely right, too. What about getting married? Anybody had that date circle? I don't know about the guys. I'm sure the ladies. Y'all had that date circle, right? I mean, for most of us, it's planned out, right? We just don't wake up and decide we're going to go get married. That's a day. For some of us in here, what about the day basic training was ended? Anybody look forward to that day? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's a day you are so glad. And for some of us, too, what about the day deployment's over with? And you can finally come back home to your family. So in the military, there's a thing that, that, that when you're towards the end of deployment, you start counting down 90 days. It's the 90-day countdown. I can remember my last deployment. I had it on the whiteboard in my office I had it down so that everybody else that had to stay longer could see I've got these days <laughs> left. But, but you start counting down at 90 days, so that's a day you look forward to as well. But here's the thing. We may find ourselves in a season of life. It could be a financial difficulty. It could be family issues. It could be health or a time in our society that we can't wait for it to be over or for a change to happen. I imagine a lot of us that resonates with. What about for Christ to rapture the church? Is that a day we look forward to? Especially when we see what's going on in our world today. Or maybe, just maybe, in the life of our church, it's a season we're waiting on God to bring that next man to be the pastor of our church. And that's a season that we're in right now. The question is, When we're in those seasons, especially for the season our church is in right now, are we just going to endure it? Are we just going to survive? Or are we going to thrive during this time as we expectantly wait for God to bring that next man to pastor our church? There's this day that we have right now. There's that day that we look forward to. But what about the in-between? What are we going to do? James kind of lays that out for us in this scripture. And I'm going to read through it real quick. And I'm going to say a prayer and, and just take us, we take us a few brief moments to just, just pick this scripture apart and see what James has to say to his church when they're going through a difficult time. And how do we live in that in-between when we know that where we're at right now is what we have, but we're looking forward to that day. But what do we do in the in-between? So hopefully you have found your scriptures. And let me put these on, or I won't be able to read anything here. But James uh, chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. He says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be impatient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. and merciful let's pray father god thank you lord thank you that we could come together this morning lord as as the body of christ lord i thank you for every brother and sister that i see out here this morning lord i thank you for their encouragement lord we thank you for your word lord god that that gives us instructions Lord, how we're to live every day as we go through life, as we we look forward to things, and as we look to the next chapter, and as we look for answers, Father, your word gives us instructions for everyday life. Father, thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for that hope that we have through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray... I pray the Holy Spirit would just have His way during this service, Lord, that You just move me out of the way. And Lord, if there's one here today that does not know You personally through Your Son, Jesus Christ, that they would not leave here today without that relationship they can have with You through Christ. Lord, I ask these things in Your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. So the Bible talks a lot about, about this, this concept of this day, that day, and the in-between. When you read through this scripture here, this little bit of scripture, there's a lot of this days and a lot of that days in this scripture. For instance, right in verse one here, the first part of uh, I mean, of verse seven, of chapter uh, of chapter five, of verse seven, it says, "Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord." So he's talking about this day, be patient, and he's talking about that day till the coming of the Lord. And so when we look at that day. Scripture has a lot to say about this day, that day, and the in-between. So, this day, Psalm 118, 24 says this, says this, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. James four thirteen through 14 says this, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make, make a profit. It, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So the Bible talks a lot about this day. This day. This is the only day that we're guaranteed is this day right now. In fact, the only breath that we're taking right now is all that we have guaranteed. And the Bible talks a lot about that. So so what are we going to do with this day? Because this is all that we have. Because there's this day and there's that day that's coming. But how are we going to live and what are we going to do in this day? And the Bible talks a lot about this day, and then the Bible talks a lot about that day. Hebrews 9, 27, and just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Psalm 139, 16 says, your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Acts 2, 20, It says, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. In 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a war, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The Bible talks about about that day. So we have this day, and the Bible talks about that day. So there's two things that's going to happen, Right? We all know this, sometimes we need reminding of this, because a lot of times we live like there's not that day coming, but two things are guaranteed to happen. One day, we're going to take our last breath, and the Lord's going to call us home. One day, I am going to die. I will not exist here on this earth as it is right now, forever and ever, amen. One day, I am going to die, or the Lord is going to come back and rapture the church. Now, I vote for the church to be raptured myself before I would like to not go through a physical death. There's, there's a lot of things I would not, not sign me up for. But I know, barring Christ coming back and rapturing the church, I'm going to have a physical death. But the Bible talks about these days. It talks about that day, it, and it talks about in the Scriptures, the day of judgment, the day that the Lord is going to come back, and, and He's going to rapture the church, and then the earth is going to be judged, and then eventually we will go off into eternity. And we think about those, those things as well because the Bible talks about that. But then there's this in-between as well. Romans 12:2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of the mind, that the, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. John 10:10: 10, 10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So God's Word talks a lot about eternity, but also talks a lot about how we are to live life today. And so I, I think back to, to when I was a, a younger, younger chaplain. Yes, yes, I was a younger chaplain at one time. And uh, back in the day, I should say, um, when I was uh, going through BASIC and BOLIC and, and we were at, at chaplain school in the military, yeah, you know, we had various cadre and drill instructors and, and all this. But we, we had this cadre, we had this thing called a, a preaching SME. Okay? A, a preaching SME. And it was a a, a chaplain instructor that would come in and, and do this block of instruction on how to preach. Now for most of us sitting there, we were all kind of like taken back on, well, we don't need somebody to come here and you know teach us how to preach and, and, and all this stuff. And you because you're sitting there with, with room full of people, various different uh, religions and come from different faith backgrounds, and and they all have different ways that they they deliver God's word and and what they do. But this, so this guy, so this is a guy that that's on active duty that the army sends to school for a year. They put him on orders, and that's all he does is go and get an advanced degree at some particular seminary or whatever, so a doctorate's degree, and, that, and that's all he does. And and this particular person. This guy, I think, had gone to some school up in the northeast. I don't even remember where it was. So he, he comes in, and the, and, and the first thing he says is, he, he says, look, from all you Protestants out here, he says, if I hear one more come to Jesus sermon, I don't know what I'm going to do, is what he says. I want to hear something besides that. And, of course, a lot of us are taken back. or are like, hey, hey, come on now, wait a second. You know, because we're all thinking, look, what else are we going to preach on? That's what we need to preach on. And so we're kind of offended at first, but after I kind of got to know what he was talking about, what he was doing, what he was trying to get us to recognize was, look, he he would say, look, I'm sure your sacred text has something else to say about life today and not just about eternity. And and so what he was wanting us to do is, because his point was, look, you're going to be working with and talking to a lot of soldiers that are going through a lot of things, and it's great that, that... the Bible you know, talks about you know, salvation, it talks about what eternity is, but he would say, but a lot of them are just trying to survive today, and they want to know what you, chaplain, can bring to them and what your sacred text has to say about how to live life today. And that was the point he was trying to get at. And, and it kind of you know, makes sense, because God's Word talks a lot about the in-between. We've all been given a job to do. We've all been given a calling to do. Our church has a mission and it has a calling. And that is what we're to be about. And that is what we are to be doing. So as we jump quickly into the scripture before I lose all my time. The first thing James tells us. And James is writing to his church here. And James, his church is going through a time of persecution. In fact, the early church was being persecuted pretty heavily. Not as heavily as the church is today around the world, mind you. But a lot of these people had come out of, out of a Jewish background and they, had, they, they were being uh, coming under persecution. Some of them were, had come out of pagan backgrounds. And, and they were going through a lot at this time. And so he's trying to encourage them. And the first thing he says here is, be patient. So number one, during the in-between, we are to be patient. Now, in the Greek there, that word, it's not a passive word. It means to expectantly wait, an exciting expectation as we wait on the next thing to happen. Now, are we a patient people whatsoever? No. How many of you get upset if you're in the drive-thru more than 10 or 15 minutes, right? How many of us get, ever got mad at the microwave? Anybody ever gets mad waiting on that thing? To get Used to, we had to turn the dial and you and wait for it. Nobody remembers that. I got one hand up in the back. but <clears throat> So, we are not a patient people, but the first thing he says is to be patient. And that, that word is an expectation of something exciting that's going to happen. So, let me ask you this. How many of you get up on Christmas morning and prepare for Christmas on Christmas morning? No, nobody. What about marriage? Did anybody just wait till the day you got married to, to prepare for it? right or how much time went into that so that's a day that you're expecting you're excited about at least i hope some of you are excited about getting married but what how much preparation of work went into that day so when he's saying be patient he doesn't mean that we sit and do nothing as we wait it means that we are to be busy about doing things as we wait right So if you have a baby that's on the way, that's an exciting expectation, especially for grandparents, right? That's an awesome day. But what all goes into preparing for that baby to come and that baby to get here? And that's what he's saying here. He's telling them to be patient, but we we lose a lot in the English when when we read this. But he's telling them, look, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. It's like, look, look, it's an exciting expectation, but, but there's stuff for us to do. And it's, yes, we're excited, but we got a little bit of work to do. And then he follows that up with, he says, look, he says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be impatient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. He also says, no, we're to be patient, but we're to wait. How many of us like waiting on the Amazon truck to show up with our package, right? Hitting the track, track, track. Where's it at? I can't believe it's not here yet. Why does it take us so long to get here? Where's my Walmart order at, right? It should be here by now. Where's it at? We don't like to wait. None of the Society is just an instant society now. And I think when I read this scripture, I think of my grandfather. Both of them were farmers. And I, I can remember the big prayer request at church every Sunday was pray for rain. When you live in a farming society, an agricultural society, and I can remember talking about you know, needing the rain to come, needing the rain. And as soon as the rain would come, he said, I need the rain to stop. It's going to wash everything away. And so he would always be dependent uh, on on the Lord. And what he's saying here is, is can anybody, can a farmer make the crops come in before it's time? Can he make it rain? No. There's God's perfect timing, but there's exciting expectation because when the crops come in, that means I'm going to get paid and that means I can pay my bills and I can eat and I can live another year. So there's an exciting expectation. But you could not hurry it up. Now, did the farmer have work to do? There was things that the farmer could do that was in his control, but there's a lot of it that's out of his control. And it's the same way in our life. As we're going through problems and we're going through issues and things that we're dealing with, or even as a a church, there are things that we can be doing and we can be working on, but then there's a lot of things that's just out of our control. And that's why we have to learn to be patient and to wait. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness but is patience towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What does our world, what does our society say about this scripture when we talk about waiting on the return of Christ and the church to be raptured? I hear people say it all the time. Man, Y'all been, y'all been saying that stuff for 2,000 plus years. Where's this, where's this rapture y'all keep talking about? Where's this, this day that's coming? I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, in society... Yes, that's the way it is. But, but when we look at God's Word and we, we look at where we are today, we know it's near. We don't know when. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be a hundred years from now. But we know there's that day that's going to come. The question is, are we working till that day comes? Or are we prepared for when that day comes? Charles Spurgeon said this, I never reckoned that I was to slay my enemy at first blow. I never imagined that I was to capture the city as soon as I had digged the first trench. I reckoned upon waiting, and now that has come, I find that God gives me the grace to fight on and wrestle on till the victory shall come and patience saves a man from a great deal of haste and folly. Everybody, Anybody here ever fell into haste and folly because you weren't patient? <laughs> Sometimes we make a decision too soon. We don't take time. We don't consult the Lord. We don't do the things we have to do. And we make mistakes because we're not patient. you ever get tired of waiting on the Lord? Anybody ever prayed for something and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed? and don't see how the Lord ever answers. But God's timing is perfect. And we want to pray for God's perfect timing to bring the right man to pastor our church. We want to pray for God's perfect timing in our families. We want to pray for God's perfect timing in our lives. Because when you get ahead of God and step outside of God's will, what happens? You ever been there? It's very interesting. James goes on to tell them there's this little important thing that while we're being patient, while we're waiting, he says, do not grumble against one another. He's talking to the church here. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So are to be patient? Not only to wait, but we're to continue to walk in unity with fellow Christians. So he's telling his church, and it's a progression here, he, he's telling them, we've got to be patient and we got to wait. But while we're doing this, they're going through hardships. They're going through a time and a season of change. And the thing is, that as a church, when we're going through this, and even as an individual, and I see this all the time, when we're going through an issue or, or a particular area of life that we're struggling with, it can either bring us closer to God or it can push us further away from God. Have you ever gotten mad at God? you ever quit going to church? you ever turned your back? I've gotten mad with God. I've had to ask for I've had to ask forgiveness for that. And sometimes we go through things in life and we don't understand why and we get frustrated and God's not answering our prayers and we get angry and, and, we can, and we can let that push us away or we can let that bring us closer and rely on God. And we can do that as a church as well. And he tells them not to, not to grumble, right? Have conversations with fellow believers. The church is a ministering body turn with me real quick to the next chapter over just in hebrews chapter 10 hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 just the next book to the left from james hebrews 10 24 and 25 this this little block of scripture from about 19 to 25 is one of my favorite favorite scriptures it uh i've I've used it a lot over the years um ministering to soldiers preaching to soldiers as well But in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, it says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, the day drawing near. Again, there's this day and there's that day. What that whole little bit of scripture right there is talking about, it's talking about the church. And it's talking about how we are to, to, to encourage one another and, and, and be there for one another. The church is a ministering body. And whether we have a, a, a lead pastor, shepherd right now or not, we know as a church what we are supposed to be doing. Nothing has changed. And there are still people that need prayer. There are still people that need checking up on. There are still people that need to be seen. There are still people that are hurting There are still people that are going through trials, and we do need to continue to be the church, right? And he says we need to be in unity, and we don't need to grumble against one another. We need to come together and stay together as the body of Christ, no matter what we may face. Whether it's if we're looking for a pastor, or we're being persecuted because we're standing on the truth of God's Word. Because I guarantee you it's going to come, and it's going to happen. And are we going to remain and stay together? Or are we going to grumble and fuss against each other? We have to be the church, the body of Christ. And look, there's a lot of denominations out there. And I know a lot of other chaplains that pastor other churches and other denominations. And they are having to make a stand. Because their church is making changes. And it's being pushed down, and they have to decide, am I going to stand on the truth of God's word, or are we going to give in and go the way of the rest of the culture? And it's a tough decision, because in some of their denominations, it's not the local body that owns the building, it's the denomination that owns the building. So not only are they having to figure out, what are we going to do, but they're going to have to go find another place to worship, because they don't own the building that they're meeting in, because their denomination does. And they say, if you're not going to follow and, and start implementing and doing these things that we've we've decided to do you're going to lose your your building you're not going to be able to meet there anymore to which i would say fine we can meet out there in that field it don't matter we're going to stay on god's word but it's coming and the thing is as a church what are we going to do we're going to let that drive us further away are we going to stand together in unison as the body of christ and be that ministry and body because look if the church doesn't look any different than the world, why is anybody going to come to the church if they can get whatever we're selling out there in the world? Why? They come here, we come here, because there's something different than the world, that we have a truth, and, and we have the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and we have the love of Christ. And that's what draws people. Because really, deep down, people want to know the truth and not the lies that the Satan perpetuates. And so we must remember that. Because if we look like the rest of the world, why does anybody want to come and be a part of what we are here? And I'm telling you, what we have here is awesome. What we have here is great. Because he he reminds them, look, there's a judgment and there's a judge. That that word judge there in the Greek means to separate out. And he's talking about that as Christians we go before the judgment seat of Christ. And so he's talking about that, that as a church and as, as a person, as a Christian, we're going to be judged not for salvation purposes, but judged on, on the work that we did as a Christian. That, that, that work's going to be looked at. And anything that's done out of selfish motivation, anything that's done out of, out of anything, but, but out of the glory of God through, through Jesus Christ, is going to be burned up. It's, not going, to be, it's going to be just for, for nothing. And he's reminding them that as, as you're being patient, as you're waiting to work together, as one, and do it all for the glory of God, because that is what we are here to do, right? Keep the end in mind. What is our mission? It's to go make disciples and it's to glorify God, period. It doesn't get complicated. We try to complicate it. Then he goes on to say in verse 10, As an example of suffering of patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Stop. We're going to have to be courageous. So you see the progression James is doing here. He says you've got to be patient, and we've got to wait. And so while we're being patient and waiting and going through this hardship, we have work that we are to be doing while we're doing this. And oh, by the way, we need to work together in unison. But also, he says, listen, look at the prophets that's come before you. You've got to, to be courageous. There's going to come a time that us as an individual, we're going to have to be courageous. We're going to have to continue. And and like the prophets, they continued to preach the truth that God had given them. And they had to be courageous. Because when you go back in Hebrews chapter 11 and look at the hall of faith, look at what happened to a lot of them for being courageous. Look at what's happening to a lot of our courageous brothers and sisters around the world today. Are we going to be courageous one day as well? And then last, he says, be steadfast. And he reminds us of Job here. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We must stay faithful and persevere, right? Because we must, must remain steadfast. But We can't be steadfast if we're not courageous. And it's hard to be courageous when we're out there all alone. But when we work together and we have the body of Christ, again, it's a ministering body. It's a supporting body. We support each other. We encourage each other. We strengthen each other. And I'm so thankful for my church and my work Especially... When I think about the trials and the things that I go through and day to day and having those brothers and sisters in Christ I can lean on. But sometimes we've got to be patient. And sometimes we have to wait. So the Bible is clear. There's this day, there's that day, and the in-between. What you decide this day has a profound effect on that day and, oh, by the way, in the in-between. The question is, what have you done this day to prepare for that day? Can you look at that day with exciting expectation? Are you looking at that day with dread or fear? Eh, not so crazy about that day that's coming. Let me not think about it. Let me fill my life with all sorts of busyness and focus on everything else but that day. Even though that day is coming, I don't want to focus on that day. But when we're prepared for that day, it helps us and gets us through the in-between. It gives our life hope. It gives our life meaning. It's not easy. Martin Luther said this, there's two days circled on his calendar. This day and that day. What did he mean by that day? I think what he meant by that day, and I'll end with this scripture out of Titus. Chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13. So the question is, is that day on your calendar? Are you looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great and God and our Savior, Jesus Christ? Because here's the thing. We only may have this day to get ready for that day. Because why? We're not guaranteed anything past this day. As Scripture bears it out. it's in the in-between that we really make a difference and leave our mark on the world and what we do for Christ I'm going to close this in a word prayer and uh, we're going to open up the the altar here and uh, Brandon will will be down front and be happy to pray with you if you have any decisions to make Uh, I'll be down here as well, be happy to pray with you if you'd like but we all have to ask ourselves what are we doing in the in-between But what we're doing in the in-between is very much dictated by that day and this day and that in-between. Because we all know that day is coming, but we have a lot to do in the in-between before that day gets here, however long that is. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Lord, a message that... uh, James wrote here to encourage the church because they were going through a time of trial and persecution, a time of change. Lord, much as we find our church going through or our society going through right now, or maybe as an individual or our family, maybe going through a time of trial or a time of change. But Father, your word is clear that this day is the only day that we have to make preparation for that day whenever that comes. And Lord, you have a job, you have a mission for us to do in the in-between. Father, I pray if there's one here today that's never prepared for that day. And Lord, maybe they have, maybe maybe it's just they need a time of just prayer, maybe a time of repentance, maybe just a time to spend with you to get things right in the in-between, Father, while we wait. Lord I, I just pray that you just have your will that the holy spirit would have his will and open this altar up and as he sings father in your name in Jesus name I pray amen <laughs>